Thanks for downloading this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get the new messages every week. We appreciate your support. Enjoy the message. Keep praying, keep standing, and keep expecting because God wants to breathe new life into your dream. That's why David wrote in Psalm number 27, verse 18, he says, I would have despaired or I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. No, no, because God wants you blessed here so that you can be a blessing. He said to Abraham, when you live, kin folks, and you follow me, and I'm going to bless you, and you are going to be a blessing. I don't just want to be blessed. I want to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. If you work God's system, it's going to be working for you. You heard the testimony. You're talking about God giving you a piece of property that is over $30,000, and you pay nothing whatsoever. Think about how many people say, if I give, I'm not going to be able to buy a piece of property to build. Now, now, save some money, invest some money, listen to the Lord, do whatever he wants you to do. But they keep giving. I'm talking about piece of property over $30,000. They're not going to pay. They're just going to sign paperwork and the land is this, completely debt free. And whenever they're ready to build, that means that they can put that land for down payments to build. And who knows, somebody may give them one check. Somebody one check. That we pay for the house. I remember the time that I used to go and crawl in the bank and beg the bank and cry in the bank for them to give me a loan of 10000 20000 Now the bank is crawling, doing everything to get me to sign a paper for a loan. Remember what that banker said to us when we paid off this building? He said, we congratulate you, but you are not the kind of customer that we are looking for. Because the finance thing for... 15 years, and we paid it off in two years. Amen. That's you that I'm talking about. Yes. I would have despaired unless I had believed. See, that's the key. Believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me tell you this. The church that you attend, the people that you listen to, The people that you hang around can either make you or break you. Uh I'm just going to go ahead and say this. If you come to this Bible study on Wednesday and you come to the church on Sunday, you probably will not go travel and spend all that money to go to healing (laughs) conference, financial conference, all this conference. I'm not saying not to go because we just came back from one. But Lee will tell you that most of what we heard 
was confirmation of what came from this pulpit. And I want to encourage you to go and listen to those messages. You will say, oh, that's confirmation, that's confirmation, that's confirmation. I want to let you know, Peter, that you are closer to your dream than you think. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 30, verses 22-23 in the New International Version says, Then God remembered Rachel. Yes. How many of you know that the word says that God remembered Rachel? It doesn't mean that God forgot Rachel. It means that God was working in Rachel's situation. And when what God was doing was manifested, it seemed like that was the first time that God thought about Rachel. Then God remembered Rachel and he listened to her. How many of you know that God says in his word, before you call, I will answer. And while you are yet speaking, I will hear. So it was not that he was just, just started listening to her. It's a putting God stood in human terms so that you can understand. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. Somebody is being touched and is conceiving a new idea. I'm talking about one idea can completely transform your life. Somebody is conceiving healing, deliverance, restoration, peace. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Someone here is going to be giving birth to something that you have been dreaming about. And she said, God has taken away my disgrace. God is taking away your disgrace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. This grace means that you are depending on something else other than God's riches at Christ's expense. Could it be that you have been depending too much on your job or your degree? I wanted to say sugar daddy. You should not be depending on sugar daddy. That's not sugar daddy, that's beer daddy. She just wants you for what you're going to give. Now come back to church. Amen. Rachel was a beautiful young lady whom Jacob fell in love with when he fled from his brother to his uncle. Look at God's mercy. You can flee from your brother because of some mistakes that you made. And God can keep a beautiful lady out there for you. I'm telling you, it is because of the grace of God. Somebody has told you that, well, you came to the knowledge of the Lord because of what Jesus did. The rest of it, then you have to do it yourself. That's why you have been struggling. Salvation from the beginning to the end is because of the grace of God. Disease comes from ease. When you have disease, it takes away the ease. Disappointments come from appointments. When you take away the D's, you have the appointment. When you have the D's, you have the disappointments. 
God is taking away the deeds from every aspect of your life. In the name of Jesus. And you are going to have God's riches at Christ's expense. I'm talking about healing, deliverance, restoration, soundness, hope, peace. It's not going to be because you have been living the righteous life. It's because you are righteous because of what Jesus did for you at the cross of Calvary. Somebody ever say amen to that. So he's fleeing from his brother. And God is going to put right there for him this beautiful young lady. I can tell you she might have been beautiful, but she wasn't as beautiful as my wife, though. Come over here, honey, please. Come, come over here. Have you ever seen any girl as beautiful as this girl here? This is my girl. You better take your hands off of her. Don't she look beautiful? Wow. Honey, you're a knockout punch. Love you. Wow. She was beautiful, but she wasn't... Be- even close to this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, mom is a knockout punch. Oh, Lord, help me to stick to preaching. Somebody here say hallelujah. So after waiting for 14 years, Rachel and Jacob finally got married because in that culture, you had to work for your wife, and he worked for seven wow. years. And he did not know that in that culture, they had to marry the older daughter before the younger daughter. So after seven years, he found out that uh, he was going to be married to somebody that he wasn't working for. But your time is coming. The joy was short-lived because Rachel was barren. She prayed for several years for a child without an answer. And in the natural, it seemed like her prayers were in vain. Can somebody say one day? One day something happened that changed the whole story. After so many years of waiting, her prayer was answered. Rachel finally became pregnant and later gave birth to a child. And do you know who that child was? Was Joseph, who later became the prime minister of Egypt. You don't just want a child. You want a child of destiny. You don't just want a vision. You want a vision of destiny. If you can just let God work this thing out, you are going to be so surprised to see what he is going to do. Let me tell you this, my friend. I don't know what your dreams are. I don't know what obstacles that you are facing right now, what you have been praying for and have been waiting for for years now. But I want to encourage you not to give up on God. Don't somebody say, don't give up on God? Don't give up on your dreams. Instead, I want you to listen to this message, soak this message in, and let it register in your spirit. And it's not going to be very long. You are going to become a testimony. What was a test in your life is going to become a testimony. Somebody say amen to that. Very soon, you are going to discover that you are closer to the answer 
than you've ever been. See, people look at the global economy. They look at the United States economy. They look at the stocks and the stock market and so on. I'm not saying that you should not invest. But if your hope is on the stock market, you are done. Nothing against my son because he trains people on how to invest. And he's been a very successful trainer. That's his job. But my son will tell you that his eyes are on the Lord. Amen? Amen. If I want to have somebody who is a financial advisor, I want to have somebody who knows the Lord, loves the Lord, somebody who's not just going to be looking at the market, but somebody who's going to be now He gives you sound advice. He's not just going to come and preach to you. He's just going to let the Lord talk to you through him. But he will tell you that the market goes up and down. I'm so thankful to God that he doesn't go up and down. He's always up. No, you people did not hear me, did you? God is always up. Have investment, have savings, have all that. But let God... Sit over it. What if God was to tell you to give half of what you have invested to the work of the kingdom? You probably would say, I rebuke the devil. And God would say, no, don't rebuke me. Because people look at the global economy. No, as I have told you so many times before, it doesn't matter who is in the White House. God is still on the throne. Can somebody say amen to that? It doesn't matter the condition of the global economy. I'm still going to be blessed. My tank is always going to be full. I learned that from Kenneth Copeland many, many years, over 30 years ago. When we first started in the ministry, all of a sudden, gas went from 99 cents to $1, $1.25. And I heard Kenneth Copeland say, If God gives you the car, you pray for a car. Don't just go and buy one. If God gives you a car, he will fill the tank. What are you going to do when you travel from Georgia to Illinois to to Texas to different parts of the country where the price of gas is different? You have to trust in God that he's going to fill your tank. And he did it. And he still does it today. Can somebody say amen to that? I know of this guy. He was going to Macon. He wanted to fill his tank. But he saw this place and drove past the gas station because he thought that he might find it cheaper. And it was only two cents cheaper. And as he was driving towards Macon, he found out that the price of gas was higher. So he tried to turn around. This is a true story. To go and get Think about this, by the time that you drive and go back and then go back to Macon, you've already spent the two cents. Look at how stupid it is. And as he was trying to turn to go back to get gas two cents less, he caused an accident. That's unfortunate, isn't it? And then he's going to lie to the insurance company about what happened to the car. Two cents, some of the two cents. Think about how many people have postponed their dreams because they want the economy to get better. 
No. Whatever God places on my heart today, I'm going to do it today. Whatever he places on my heart tomorrow, regardless of the economic condition, he's going to enable me to do it. Amen? Amen. I don't know, maybe you've lost your job or your savings or your home. Maybe you do have health concerns. Maybe you are struggling with relationship problems. Perhaps you are frustrated because it's taking too long for your prayer to be answered. This is not the time to talk about how difficult things are. This is not the time for you to give up. This is the time for you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. I don't know, right now you're probably thinking that you are too old or you're too far away from accomplishing that dream that God placed on your heart. The truth is that you don't know what God is planning. I've got plans for you. Say plans, some of the plans. That means that he's got plans for your marriage, Planned for your finances, planned for your health, he's got plans for your relationship, he's got plans for everything. Only you need to listen. Your dream fulfillment may just be around the corner. That's why I encourage you to stay in faith. Don't you someone say stay in faith? Stay in faith and be your best. Don't try to compete with anybody, just be yourself. Because the best person to be is yourself. When you are yourself, you are your best. When you try to be somebody else, you look ridiculous. See, when I started as a younger preacher, Kenneth Hagin blessed me so much, and I would see him standing behind the pulpit, just holding the pulpit, and he would be speaking, and the anointing will be flowing. And you know what? I'm not Kenneth Hagin. I did not know that. So I wanted to be a Kenneth Hagin son. I would spend hours fasting, praying, and in my mind, I wanted to be a Kenneth Hagin. So I would be standing there, and I was as dry as dry could be. I said to the Lord, what happened? I fasted, I prayed. He said, because you are trying to be Kenneth Hagin, but you are not Kenneth Hagin. You use your hands. Sometimes you run, sometimes you turn around. Don't you somebody just be yourself? Don't try to compete with other people because you will look ridiculous. Don't try to give like other people. Don't try to walk like other people. Have you noticed how rich people walk? They just take their time. That's why I take my time. If I see the rich person walking, I'm going to be going behind him. I'm not going to curse the rich person. Because when you curse the rich person, the Bible tells you that you are cursed. What did he say to Abraham? I will bless them that bless wow. you. Wow. He says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. It's not God that curses you. You just open the door for the curse. Some of you had left your dream somewhere because you had prayed, you had stood, you had believed and you had confessed and you had done this and it did not seem to come to pass and you thought that maybe you ate too much pizza when you had the dream. No, it was God that placed it in your heart. You have to continue to persevere. You have to continue to keep going even when the going gets tough because God wants to breathe new life into your dream. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says in the New Living Translation, it says, I'm about to do something new. How many people can do with something new in your marriage, in your finances, in your body? 
God is speaking to you through me this morning. He says, I am about to do something new. He says, see, because you cannot get to where you don't see. If you see yourself broke, you will always be broke. If you see your financial condition change, your marriage condition change, the condition on your body change, you will get there. You can't get to where you can't see. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway. Something I will make? Who is talking now? God says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. In other words, the sun is not going to stop me from opening a highway for you. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Whatever area in your life was dry, physical, spiritual, emotional, and in any other form, God sent me to announce to you that there is torrential rain that is coming into that area of your life. God wants to breathe a new life into your dream. Whatever that dream may be, he wants to breathe new hopes into your heart. I don't know, maybe you're about to give up on your child or your healing or your financial breakthrough. I don't know, maybe you're about to give up on the vision that God placed on your heart. But God wants you to hold on to that vision. Hold on to that vision. He wants to do something new. How many people here are ready for something new? Something spectacular, something unusual, something that is beyond where you were born, your financial condition, something that is beyond your education, something that is beyond anything. It doesn't matter how much you are strung out on drugs right this moment. One touch of God's favor can completely deliver you from it. It doesn't matter how indebted you are. I know that it was by mistake that you accumulated the debts, but God's mercy is visiting your house this morning. God's mercy, Christ's riches at God's expense is visiting your marriage, your house, visiting your child. Something is changing in the spirit realm, and it's going to be manifested in the natural realm. Someone say, put on a new attitude. Keep moving towards the dream. Praise forward like you've already got it. Stretch. Somebody say, stretch. Because if you do that, you will begin to see amazing things happening in your life. I want you to turn off the negative messages. Well, you are black. You are white. You are green. I've never seen a black person. Do you know a black person? See, somebody put that label on you. Wow. I've never seen a white person. You see a person who is white, that means that that person is sick. Mm-hmm. But somebody put that label on you. No, I'm a child of the living God. Yeah. I am the righteousness of God. I'm born again. I have the spirit of God. I walk in anointing of God. Yes, I'm a child. Know that you are a child of the living God. Yeah. Take off the label that people put on you. Stop saying that you're not going to be able to make it. You say that you're not going to be able to make it. I buy a one-way ticket and send you to where I was born. And then you can work your way back to the United States. 
And I tell you, when you arrive at Lana Airport, you will go down your knees and hit your head and say, thank you, Jesus. You can make it. Not because of where you were born or where you were not born, but because you know Jesus. You are a child of the living God. You are the righteousness of God. Stop trying to be righteous because you are already righteous. Stop trying not to sin. Just live righteous because you are righteous. You know why you are struggling with sin? Because of sin consciousness. What do sinners do? They sin. What do righteous people do? They just live righteous life. You are so preoccupied with sin consciousness. Well, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. That's why whenever you see a sign, you're attracted. You want to stop at the gas station. I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink. No, I'm not thinking about drinking. That's why I don't drink. Wow. Now, sometimes when you see me, you think I'm drunk, though, but I'm drunk with the Holy Ghost. Because I've been around the Holy Ghost so much that sometimes I wobble. Stop trying to think about the past because the past has already been dealt with. Look at me. Read my life. The past has already been dealt with because he himself bore your sins in his body on the tree. That you're being dead to sin. You are dead to sin. When sin knock at your door, you should not answer because you are dead to sin. You are alive to righteousness. So when the righteousness knocks at your door, you say, yes, sir. Who is this? I'm righteous. Come in. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. The reason why people struggle with sin is that they're so preoccupied, trying not to sin. When you try not to sin, then you have completely set aside what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. And God will let you try not to sin and see how much you can try not to sin. You are already righteous. You have the nature of God in you. So stop saying, I'll never break the addiction. I'll never have a baby. Who told you that? You are not 90 years old yet. But Sarah was 90 years old and God touched her womb and she became pregnant. We just read about Rachel. When God touches you, and I'm not taking away from all of the uh, medical treatment that they give to people to try to get pregnant, but when you get that treatment, you better trust in God you better trust in God yes, or you're just going to be wasting your money. Yes, How about you declare, I'm closest to my dream that yes. I've ever been. Whatever that dream is. Whether you do believe it or not, God can cause opportunities to look for you. Yes. May I say that again? Yes, sir. God can cause investments to be looking for you. can cause opportunities to be looking for you and find you. How many of you have ever heard the word say, goodness and mercy shall run away from you? No, follow you. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. Someone here is going to get unexpected blessings. Unexpected blessing. 
When we first started in the ministry, God gave us four arrows. You do not have any cruise control, but I cruise control it with my feet. To New York, to Washington, to to Cleveland, Ohio, to to Fort Worth, Texas, Austin, all over this country. And one day I was driving in Millishville, and I saw this. Uh, I never heard of Nissan Quest before. I saw this car drive past, and a thought came into my mind. I like to have a car like that. I would like to have. And, and I turned around and rebuked myself. I said, now, now don't be selfish. You ought to be thankful to God for what he's given to you. Wow, wow. Why are you greedy? Yeah. Wow. I did not even share it with my wife because I thought that that was the enemy trying to make me ungrateful. And a few weeks after that, somebody called me and said, we want to come and see you in your office is a partner that uh, we have been praying with and praying for. And he said, so I rushed and got somewhere. I said, Lord, I don't know what they're going to be talking about, but uh, just give me wisdom to know what, to advise, what advice to give them. And when I came back, they were already in the office. And then she pulled a little uh, package something that they had put in a box and, uh, and uh, wrapped and put a ribbon on it. Remember that I've never said anything about anything to anybody about having Nissan Quests. And this person is going to give me this package. He said, open it. And I opened it. And it was a car key. And he said, you know, You've been very faithful, working and touching the lives of people in this city. We saw this car, and we thought that you, you deserve to have a car like this. And then they gave me the key. They had driven the car and hidden it somewhere. And when I went, it was the exact Nissan Quests wow. that I saw in Millersville. I'm talking about the fact that God, out of his mercy, can even give you Things that you, I rebuked myself. I told myself, you're selfish. But I don't do that any longer. And God places something on my heart. I said, Jesus, let's go. Exact car that just flashed in my spirit. I did not know that. And guess what? (laughs) I just drove that car for a year or so, and I was going somewhere. And the Lord said, You've had this car long enough. You have to give it to another minister. Teach that. Teach. So I went to my attorney because I, I thought that when I told him, he would say, no, don't do it. When I went to my attorney, I said, you know, I was driving this uh, car that people just gave me about a year or so ago. And I, I heard something that I believe it was the Spirit of God said, Give. and I thought that he was going to say, well, this is this, I'm a Tony. And he said, so what are you doing with the key? I gave that Nissan Quest to someone, another minister. And shortly after that, I saw a Cadillac, somebody said Cadillac. How many of you know that some 
all Cadillacs are Cadillacs, but some are more Cadillacs than the other. This Cadillac, there's this man that will, will buy a top-of-the-line Cadillac, drive it for one year, and then sell it and get another one. So I saw the Cadillac sitting somewhere top of the line, the best of the best. And I had put a phone number there, so I called him and said, how much would you sell? Because remember that I've already given my car to someone. How much would you sell this? And when he told me the price, I choked. I choked. So I said to him, well, I'll call you back. I knew that I wasn't going to call that man back. The man is not a member of our church. On Sunday, when I turned around, I saw somebody sitting there. And uh, I was doing offering teaching. And I, I was teaching on Luke 6.30. Given, it shall be given to you. Good measure, praise down, shaken together, running over. And I had a wheelbarrow on the pulpit and a teaspoon. And I said, you know, God wants to fill an 18-wheeler for you. But he's going to fill it. Good measure, praise down, running over, according to... What you give that you're going to receive. You give with this teaspoon, you're going to get the 18-wheeler filled. But even gonna, you might have died before it gets filled. <laughs> but if you use this wheelbarrow, you're going to feel it sooner. Not even knowing that. That man decided that he was going to come and check us out. He was sitting there. Thank God for people who have a number of cars in their family because he wanted to come to check us out, and the wife was not ready. So he got in this Cadillac that he wanted to sell and came to the church with all of his business documents and so on in the, in the car. And he was sitting there when the wife drove, in, drove to the church with the other car. And he said, as he was sitting there when I was teaching, he heard something in his Heart say, why do you want to sell this car to the pastor? Give it to him. And he turned to the wife and said, I don't know, I'm going crazy. He said, do you remember that pastor that called and said uh, he wanted to buy a car? I just heard something in my, in, in my heart saying, give it to her. And the wife said, so what are you doing with the key? So when they wanted to take the offering, they took the envelope, put the Cadillac key in the envelope, and, uh, and the wife wrote, the, I'm tired of giving with a teaspoon. I'm giving with a wheelbarrow. Wow. After the meeting, I went, people were doing the offering, and they found out the key that this is for Pastor George and Sister Inova. And when we went to the car, guess what? The man had left all of his business documents and everything. And later on, I asked him, why didn't you not even remove your business to visit? Because I did not want the devil to talk me out of what I just heard. And the man told me that since he became a partner in our ministry, one day he told me, he said to me, you know what? I make in one business deal what I used to make in a whole year before I became a part of it. That's exactly what the man told me. 
It's a one business deal. From there, he be- went on to become a multi-millionaire. Amen. And still gives to the ministry till today. Someone is going to receive unexpected donation. Amen. Suddenly, your health improves. Suddenly, you are debt-free. It feels good to be debt-free. You don't have to juggle the books to find out what to give. You just give what is in your heart. Amen. Suddenly, you move into a debt-free home. When I started following Apostle Leroy, I was, I was broke and shattered a whole lot more than the Ten Commandments that Moses dropped and broke. But one day I heard him say that he financed his house. How many of you have seen his house? It is the house in that neighborhood. He said he financed his house for 30 years, and he paid it off in four years. I said, me too. We wrote a check and sold it. And you, your mind tells you, this man has already got it together. He's a, why do you want to get He wants to give some money to you. We sold some money into his life. We had bought a piece of property, 30-something thousand dollars. When we went to make a payment, found out that somebody had paid it $3,000 that we, until today, I don't know who. Then the next time that we went to make a payment, somebody had paid in $8,700. I don't know who paid it. Before we knew money came in and then we paid that thing off. And we used that as a down payment to build our house and we financed our house for 30 years. Just before 11 years, we wrote the last check. To pay off the house. Don't tell me that this thing doesn't work because you are coming too late. Exodus chapter 34 verse 10 says, I will perform marvels never before done in any nation anywhere on earth. All inspiring are the deeds I will perform with you. I want you to get up each morning expecting that to be the day of your breakthrough. Can you believe that uh, I was in, I was in, in Daru this weekend, and we have, we've got an alarm system in our house that when you walk to a house, so don't come to a house, because if I'm in Nigeria, I'll see you. I was there in Daru, and I, I saw that somebody was walking to a house and uh, rang the bell, and I told the person, we are out of town. And this person said, I saved this money. I wanted to save this money for something. That's what the person told me. He said, I saved this money because I, I wanted to do something with it. But uh, for some reason, I could not rest. Something keep on telling me to bring this money to you. <laughs> That's what they said. I said, since you are not here, I'm going to stop at the office and put the money in the envelope. So when you come back, you can pick it up on my... When was the last time that money was looking for you? You were working two, three jobs looking for money. He said, I I thought I was saving this for something, for myself. But when I woke up this morning, something kept telling me, that money belongs to pastor. I said, you heard from the Lord. 
See, some of you would have been, oh, are you really sure? If you don't want to give to me, don't put it in my hand, because if you put it in my hand, it's mine. I don't want to be as humble as some of you. <laughs> this could be the day that you meet the right person. This could be the day that you become financially free. Amen. This could be the day that God is working in your case to turn things around. But you have to become a prisoner of hope. Some of them, I'm going to become prisoner of hope. What does it mean? Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12 says, Return to your fortress, your hiding place. You pre- your, your, your hiding place is in hope in God. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Amen. So it's so easy to give up on God. It's so easy to give up on the dream that God gave you. But you've got to become prisoner of hope. No matter how long it takes, you have to say, Lord, you gave the vision to me. And I believe that one day I'm going to be in Africa for missions. I'm going to be in South America for missions. I'm, gonna not, I'm not just going to be paying mortgages. I'm going to be buying a house for someone. How about you buy a house for someone? Amen. Let me tell you, watching me, those in the house, the best of you is here to come. Because when you are a prisoner of hope, that means that you are chained to it. That means that regardless of the opposition, regardless of people trying to talk you out, you say, I know who I believe. And I'm convinced that he will bring to pass that wish given to me. Too many people are prisoners of doubt, prisoners of unbelief, negative. Have you met those negative people? You tell, you tell them that you're going to Oh, what type of job do you do? No, 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 no. My job is my seed, and I live on my harvest. Don't you somebody say, my job is my seed, and I live on my harvest. You see, the people never think that any good thing could happen to them. That people are chained to discouragement and despair. Don't ever be chained to anything but hope and believe and trust in God. Because that is what is going to break, yeah, deliver you from fears, from worries. Don't you know, I'm, I'm going to become prisoner of hope. I'm already prisoner of hope. I want you to know that whatever that you are facing now, Gloria Waller, is just temporary. It's temporary. The psalmist says in Psalms 27, verse 30, it says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. What? When I go to heaven, I'm going to be wearing all this gold. What do you need gold for in heaven? In heaven, the streets are paved with gold. Nobody is going to recognize you wearing gold in heaven. You don't need gold in heaven. You need it here. You need a good house here. You need a good car. I'm talking about a car that you drive, not a car that drives you crazy. How do you know? Because I've... I have had cars, some that drove me crazy. This is the truth. I've had cars that had boxes of oil in the trunk. I don't swear, but God is my witness. I had, I, 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 I had cars that had 
because the mechanics are got tired of trying to fix the engine. Yeah. They say, man, just get a box of oil and put it. And so I would drive two miles, Brother Larry, stop, fail it. Another two miles, drive. I remember one time when I was in Atlanta, this guy came and said, man, could you give me two dollars? Because my car is broken down somewhere. I need some oil. I said, you don't have to worry about it. You want a case? I've got a case. But that was somebody that was trying to take advantage of me. He said, you're not going to give me money. I said, why do I give you money when I've got a case of oil? But I'm so thankful to the Lord that I don't have to worry about when my car is going to stop. Did somebody say, you? Hope in God is a living hope. Let me tell you this. When you have hope in God, you will not regret. Let, let me tell you this as I close. No matter how long it delays, wait on it. Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 3 says, The vision is yet for an appointed time. Somebody say, an appointed time. Can somebody say, an appointed time? What do you mean? The appointed time is not that God wants to make you miserable until you get and before he releases it to you. God is preparing you now. Now, if you had a million dollars now, would you still attain abundant life? Yes, I would. But what did you do with that $10,000 raise that God gave you? You wrote a check for $20 and thanked the Lord with it, didn't you? And God said, you fool, you don't know that I had a hundred thousand for you. And I wanted to test you with this ten thousand. There was this man in Florida, Mel Fisher. You can Google and read his story. He was, uh, he was a, uh, a man who was interested in, uh, what do you call it? He would go to the, send people to the sea to try to find treasure, treasure hunting. For 16 years, he sent out divers to the sea, to Florida Keys. The mission was to find the lost Spanish ship. That song in 1622. He often sent, his, sent out his workers while he was trying to dodge bill collectors. He and his family lived in a, a run-down boat. As a matter of fact, his son and daughter-in-law died trying to hunt for treasure. But despite the family tragedy, Mel Fisher refused to give up. What is it going to give you to give up on your dream? Instead, he held declaring, today is the day. Some of the today is the day. In 1985, something happened. After so many years, they found the wreckage of the Spanish galleon with mother load, some of the mother load of silver and gold and jewelry. And for 30 years, they kept harvesting. Could it be that today is your day to accomplish your dream? The day that you will meet the right person the day that your dream will come to pass, could today be the day that you will become financially free? You say, well, today is Sunday. I don't go to work. See, that's your problem. Yeah. 
That's your problem. You're waiting for God to bless you on Friday when you get your paycheck. No, God is the God of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. He doesn't wait till the office opens on Monday to bless you. He's got somebody to bless you. Guess this. We were just sitting in the lobby in Daru. Never met this guy. Not at all. Never seen him. And I was just going to get my food from the kitchen. And he came to me and he said, when I grow up, I'm going to be like you. I've never met him. We were just sitting there talking. And I went back to get some food. And he told First Lady, you know, I want to sue into you and your husband, but I don't have money. Let me go to the room. And he went to the room and got some money and put it in my hand. This is a guy that I've never met, never seen. He lives in Richmond. I believe Richmond, Ohio, is it? Richmond, Virginia. Never met him. Are you sitting there waiting for Monday? Waiting for Friday. Friday is payday. My payday is every minute. You can wait for Friday, but I'm not going to wait for Friday, though. So keep praying. Don't you say keep praying? Keep believing, keep standing on the word of God. Because I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that it's not going to be very long from now. Maybe this week you are going to have a break. You're going to have a breakthrough of your life. I'm talking about unexpected blessing. Some of you are going to wake up and the nut is gone. Some of you are going to walk into some place you have been doing your, your serving the Lord, just doing your own. All of a sudden you walk into that person that you've been praying about. Don't put God in your little box because God is a whole lot bigger than your little box. Read my lips. God is bigger than your little box. He's bigger than your meager savings and investments. Now have savings, have investments. If you don't know what to do, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, Peter's number. Call and talk to Peter. That's not what I'm talking about. But what are you going to do when God tells you to give your Nissan Quest to someone? Well, I'm going to need a ride. Why would God tell you to give your Nissan to someone and not give you a ride? The same thing when I was just having a dream for a, ja- a Jaguar. Somebody came to me and said to me, you know, there are some people that are trying to buy you a Jaguar. I said, they heard from the Lord. And they called me and they said, go on the internet. Now, don't cheat yourself. Order the best that you can. And we're going to deliver it to you. Went on the internet, saw this. How many of you remember my baby Jaguar? Saw it was in Chicago. 
gave them the information. Three days after that, they said, go to Walmart's parking lot, drive it home. See, that's you I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, the difference, because it's in their mind. You've hung around people. You know, that they, you know, they have this budget here, budget there. To be honest with you, I don't have any budget for this ministry. God is my budget. Amen. Now, I'm not asking you not to have budgets because you probably need to start somewhere. But I don't have budget big enough for what God has placed on my heart to do. God is my budget. Now, who is your budget? You go to the grocery store, you've got your lists so that you, 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 you don't buy what you don't, even though you need it, you don't want to buy it. No, when I go to the grocery, now I have to confess there was a time that this is true, Peter, I would not go to some aisles in the grocery store because I did not want to be tempted. I was the one who had the calculator. I was the one that made a mistake and took some items and then we dropped them when, when, I, when, when for some reason I, I, my calculation was wrong. And then when I went and they, they showed me, I said, take this off, take this off, take this off. Now when I go to the grocery store, I take what I want to take. Amen. If I don't need it, I give it to someone else. I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about him. I'm not talking to you about what I have not experienced. Oh, you, 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 you can say that because you are a pastor. God started blessing me before I went into the ministry. Well, I'm living in the ghetto. Don't let the ghetto live in you. I'm living in the project. You are looking at somebody who was living in the project. I know the name of Mother Roach, Sister Roach, Uncle Roach. That's true. First lady will tell you that we will fumigate our apartment because of roaches. But you can't stop the roaches from downstairs and the roaches from your neighbors. We used to go to what? Churches fried chicken. That's where we used to go for a date. We would set up to go. Now I don't even stop at church's fried chicken because I don't eat fried Now I don't abstain from fried chicken, but that's not where I take my wife for a date. We would go there, and you don't know that there are bombs that you release, and it will fumigate the house. And when you come back, roaches everywhere, you spend all night to sweep the apartment. Only for tomorrow, the roaches from your neighbor downstairs, upstairs, on the side, will come. You don't want to live a life like that. So that's why you will never hear me put down somebody who's living in government housing, because I've been there. I believe that God took me through there to give me the heart that I do have now. Stop talking about people until you know them, until you have walked in their shoes. Because most of the people who live in, in government housing, they are not loafers. They are not people that just want to take advantage of the government. They are people who just want to be able to make it just like you and me. And I'm going to put my mark on the rack because I'm fired up. 
And I don't want to keep you here till tomorrow morning. But seriously, whatever that you are facing now is just temporary. And God has a way of turning that around any minute from now. Was anybody blessed this morning? Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Say glory. Thank you for listening to Changing Mindset Podcast by Pastor George Uta. Help us to share this message. We hope you will subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired during the week. We are praying for you. We know God best for you is still ahead. Call 706-485-0166 for more information and be blessed.